Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of the fourth season of the Plebs on Footy podcast. I am your host, Rory O'Kane, and as always, I'm joined by Scott Fotheringham. Hello, Banjo. It is, uh, it's crisis pod time. Isn't uh, it? uh, do you want to let everyone know what the motto of the week is? I hate football. Is that I was going to say fuck football. Hey, oh, no, not that language off the top, Banjo. I'm not, I'm not happy with that. We're a family-friendly <laughs> pod, even though we spent a fair chunk of last week just bagging the crap out of people's names. Oh. No, we're a family-friendly <laughs> pod, but we are a little bit miserable at the moment. We're 17th and 18th. Who who would have thought? Did you, did you, are we on top of you or you're on top you're, of us? You're on top of us by like a couple of percentage points. Well, I did predict that, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I reckon, we're, uh, I reckon our friendship is getting a bit, bit stronger during this period. We can actually empathise with each other. I we... Mean, we have not empathised with each other about Ever. football. <laughs> Maybe after about a week after we first met, it became pretty clear Probably we had not. batty life. No one you. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, but for the first time in our relationship, we've been forced to like see what the world's like in the other person's shoes because our football teams are the exact same kind of shit. We've actually had to like back each other up. Like You were mm. sending me messages complaining about stuff, and I'm like, mate... I said those exact same words on Friday night. I understand. It was actually a shocking, we'll a shocking mirror where I go, our forward structure sucks. We don't know what we're doing. And you're like, scroll up. And I was like, oh, Scott, our forward structure sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, oh, geez, it's, it's, it's grim at the moment. It's really, really grim at the moment. I, I, who would have thought 17th and 18th at this stage? But, ah, uh, football. Yeah, I am absolutely dumbfounded by the start of this season. And it's not just our teams. That's shocking. Uh, Richmond's start is shocking. Adelaide are nowhere near as good as I thought they'd be. Teams like Western Bulldogs and St Kilda have both won two games, I think. Or, uh, so they've yeah, all they both, both won, won games. Two, yeah. Like we, Gold Coast have won two games. Yeah. It's a very weird ladder at the moment. And yeah, I, I'm not sure how much of it I think is real. And I'm kind of excited to see how it turns out. As long as North Bell would get their shit together. Uh, I'm saying it's not real. Uh, you normally find, if you look back in previous years, you do normally find that three rounds in, it's not that different how it finishes up. It's mm. normally a few little changes, yeah. but you generally get a fair idea. I, I, I just have a feeling this is going to be just an exception. I have a feeling this is going to be a weird year. The, the, the latter at the moment, I, that surely a lot is going to change. Yeah, there are a few teams I do think are real that have really shot up, like Brisbane, and I kind of believe yeah, in Port at the in moment. Brisbane, yeah, I believe in Port a bit as well, even though... I, mm, yeah. Eh. I can see them being, like, back end of the eight, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying I believe in them for top four or anything. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I'm not not going to say I believe in the Dogs, not going to say I believe in uh, Gold Coast yes. just yet anyway. Yeah. And they're... Well, the Gold Coast aren't in the top eight Free, on Frio percentage. around there as well. They're, like, they're not going to last. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, they're, they're, you think a fair bit's going to change, and I suppose let's just say let's hope so. That's, that's the main If thing. we are 17th and 18th, we play in round 23. <laughs> could be playing. could be for the wooden spoon. <laughs> could be the one, I don't know who the first draft pick is, Cup. Uh, uh, yeah, no, first draft pick is likely again. to have gone to Kerry. Fun fact. Oh, really? That's cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah we've got two kids that are apparently Jets at football that we have no connection to, but oh, we'll so claim we anyway. Get, well, one, one each? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get the better one. Oh, why are we talking about this? This is so <laughs> Anyway, it is crisis point, so we're going to break with our yeah. normal structure. We're going to break with tradition, and we're going to indulge our own misery and take our own teams off the top, so we can really have sort of nut into them and not get to the end and go, "Oh shit, we haven't, we don't have time. We have to." 
breeze through these yeah. games. I, I think what we want to do, we both just desperately want to vent. So we just get a chance off the top to get it all out of the way and then we can relax and talk about footy for the rest of it. Because we, we need to have a big old vent. So yeah. how are we doing it? Um, we'll start with your game. Uh, oh, no. Essendon <laughs> defeated Melbourne by 18. I'm going chronological order. Um, yeah, I'm just going to hand it over. Yeah, no, this was, this was disgusting. Um, you've been watching my football watching over the last few years. And obviously, for a long period of time, I was quite a pessimistic supporter. Yep. I say realist because we were terrible, so <laughs> I should have been pessimistic. That over is a fair point. Over the last couple of years, though, I actually think I've been quite a positive supporter. There's been a lot of poor performances we've put up, and everyone's been like, crisis talks, good ones, no good, stuff like that. Um, and I've always been like, nah, just just wait and see. Like, it was a one bad performance. Like, we'll be all right. We're on the right track. I'm feeling quite positive. Not this time. This time was disgusting. This was one of the worst performances I can remember from Melbourne for a quite a long time. And it was, it had got to the point, like we had some sort of excuses in round one and two. We don't anymore. Watching that game, I wasn't thinking we're underdone. Or so it's not about players. off-season surgery anymore? No, I wasn't thinking injuries or umpires, although they were pretty terrible, but not terrible our way. I, I couldn't think of any reason apart from we're just not very good. Like we, we were awful. I have not seen such a bad structural game. And, you, like, you know, I always go to a game, I always sit up top. Yeah, you want to be able to see what's going on. Scholar of the game. I don't care about the atmosphere. I want to be able to actually watch the game and see what's going on. But, like, from both teams, defensive structures were absolutely disgusting. It was the most loose, disorganised game of footy I think I've ever seen. We we had that patch in the second quarter where we kicked six unanswered goals or whatever. Mm. And at halftime, I was speaking to my brother and my cousins who are all big Melbourne supporters, and they're going, how good was that in the back half of the quarter? How good was that? And I was like... I don't think it was very good, to be honest. I, but we did that purely off the back of talent. It was just some freakish stuff in the stoppage and some quick hands, or it was Petrarca winning a freakish one-on-one, and we just got a bit of a roll on. But you could see there were so many opportunities for Essen to get out the back, and they were just butchering it. Mm. And we were getting goals on the turnover, and it just kept sort of cascading. But it did feel to me like this could just turn back the other way within half a second. And we came out after half time, and I don't think we played much differently. I think we just missed our kicks by slightly more Essen and started hitting theirs and it just completely went back the other way because both teams structurally were terrible. It was a, it was a shocking game of football. Both defensively and offensively from our point of view. I know we That's scored, staggering because it's 130 130 to 112. Well, like, yeah, we, we scored This our, is the AFL's dream for a Thursday or Friday night football game. Think about think of the ad breaks. It was, it was <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. Like we scored 112 points, I suppose, but that came off the back of Essendon turning it over and terrible Essendon structures. Like that—that's what it came off the back of. Um, our our forward system is lost. There, there, that that period in the second quarter, there was like a couple of times where it felt like we'd got some sort of a pattern going with mm. the way we move forward, and that was through Melksham hitting up at it about 60 out, wheeling around and getting it to Petrarca or someone getting out the back. And that was a bit, a bit of a moment of, oh, here we go. We're getting a bit of offense going. And then from that point on, we just looked so disjointed. We just we were figuring out on the fly. We had no idea what we were doing. Um, and it's frightening. It's actually frightening how much we miss Jesse Hogan. Like, it's, yeah, and the problem is he's not coming back. Yeah, <laughs> there is not. no replacement. He, he, he defined our structure. Mm. And he, like, I think we underestimated how important he was for other players. He made McDonald's job easy. McDonald just had so much space to work into. He just had to hit up lead, take a mark, turn around, kick a goal. But that—that's what he did, and he did it well because he can hold a mark and he can kick straight. 
But now he's the man. He doesn't understand forward craft. He doesn't know where to go now that he's the person who has to create it. Um, and then, you know, he made the smalls good. He made he, he, he was the center of our structure. He's gone now. McDonald looks awful. And we have no idea what we're going, doing going forward. And then, look, defensively, it was pretty much what, what we have been for years to a larger extreme. It was just... Uh, in previous years, we always give them corridor space. This time, there yeah. was a lot of flank space we gave them, but it was still the same thing. Like, they just outspread us, got into space, and then we had no... I mean, we were Sam Frost was the one who was meant to be saving us in the back half. So it was just... Oh, it was just disastrous. It was just disastrous, Benja. Yeah, so do you... Like, is your season cooked? Are you done? Yeah. I, I don't expect us to make finals from here. I think it would take a pretty special effort to make finals from here. Um, and I, I can see us losing our next few. I can see us being 0-5, 0-6. That, that wouldn't surprise me. I think the way we're playing at the moment, any team would beat us. Any team. Carlton would beat us. Gold yeah. Coast would beat us. So one thing I'll say to that is you clearly didn't watch the North game, but go on. <laughs> the other thing which has happened to us, remember last year, our bottom six were like Spargo... Hannon, Fritch, like they—they they were our worst players. Now it's like we—we we genuinely have six players who are not AFL standard. And look, you are playing so players. many bad players. Like it's nuts. I mean, we got Jay Lockhart, great story. Probably not an AFL, not an AFL player. Both Wagners, not AFL players. Josh gets close, but like they're not. Can 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 we just have a yeah, bit no, of a no. bit of bit of happiness to me? And like I don't want to be happy about this because I do like Corey Wagner. He played like three games for North Melbourne and. You know, North Melbourne for life, ride or die. That's me. That's my attitude. But you were telling me it was going to be a star. You were coming over, swaggering around, going, oh, how good's it going to be when he's a star? And you gave him away for nothing. How shit are you going to no, feel? Right now, and, he's, he's not an and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be too worried. I like him. I don't think he's going to be a star. If he's a star, I'll be annoyed. But if he's just a good player, that's fine. Gave him I his opportunity. That, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's all good. But if it's not even going to be that, Jesus, gravy. Can I just quickly rip into my other three who are... Yeah, sorry, I interrupted players. your flow. <laughs> uh, they, these are mine, my favourites. Kay Collar-Jasny is one of the worst footballers I've ever seen. What's he's, great about that is he was a top five pick. His two games have been some of the worst games I've seen from someone in Melbourne Jumper. They've been disgustingly bad. Sam Frost, of course, is an absolute disgrace. <laughs> God, he was bad <laughs> on the weekend. The other one, was, like this is the sad thing. The other, I don't think Jaden Hunt is an AFL player. He was our best player on the he was forward again. He started having those desperate acts again, which yeah. was the thing which really defined him early on. I mean, I know he goes on a run occasionally, but he ends up butchering it then most of the time. It's the real desperate defensive stuff that he does. And playing forward, his pressure was really good, and he had moments which he really lifted It's also us. hard to butcher running into an open goal, which he did quite well. Well, I mean, he did miss a couple of set shots, which were like 30 metres out, and missed him by an absolute mile. But, uh, you know, that, that's, that's not, not great about it. But he played well, so I'll give him that. But that, they're six players who I just don't think are AFL players. And that's that's really weird, because we had we look like we had so much depth last year. Although, yeah, well, you've got a heap of them out, yeah, though. Yeah, our like, whole depth is the, injured. The problem there. is, you'd be looking at Wagner and being like, we need six players to get injured before we consider playing him. And then you've got like three more below him before you'd consider, that you'd think about like yes so you've got to the Perth yes. and you need six injuries to get to and then you've had to go deeper than that and that's just yeah, crippling it's, it's guys like Hannon Vandenberg both of the Smiths like all of them would be getting a game and would be quite valuable to us but they're not even even Kennedy Harris I'm not a big fan of even he would be an upgrade on what there is at the moment Spargo like Garlett players like that are, like they're not stars but they're Good. useful for a team yeah 
and we're we're missing that. And now we've got players who just they add something, and you don't you're lacking a few players that add something to yeah, the team. We we were we were really 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 bad, like really bad. And I like I think Sydney will beat us next week. I I, I can't see us beating them the way we're playing. Um, and Sydney aren't good. I know. It really um, well, is. Yeah, Sydney aren't Essendon. good. I am not impressed at all by Essendon's performance on Friday night. Not Let's be remotely objective. Essendon, so they're still bad. Yes. Is that any takeaways no, on that? I do not. That, that was a terrible game of football. I thought both teams were dreadful. They, that like there, there was talent in the game. Like there were there were moments of like, yeah. oh, that's pretty cool. But like from a team point of view and a cohesion point of view, it was it, it didn't look like an AFL game. So if either team had a good structure, they would have. Yes, the other they up. would have won by 60 to 80 points. Like, it was it was astonishing. I've yeah, okay. not seen something that bad in a long time. Interesting, interesting. <laughs> so is that dark enough for you to... Yeah, we're moving it? on to my misery. <laughs> um, oh, at least that cheered me up. No, it didn't. No, but how would that possibly me. have cheered nothing you up? Me up. <laughs> yeah, go. I honestly struggled to know what to say. We have two glaringly clear problems. Our centre bounce work, just astonishingly bad. I think we've conceded nearly 120 points in three weeks. The AFL average last year was nine. Are you losing the... I mean, the, 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 a bit of that's the 666. A lot of it is. Like, the the amount of goals conceded from centre bounces has gone up, but yeah. I'm not entirely sure whether or not that's just us conceding so many. Like I would <laughs> love <laughs> the other seventeen teams. Have I think the same. it's and quite possible we <laughs> we are conceding more than four times the average of last year. Uh, like I mean, I don't. I haven't seen the figures, but that's surely not. No, the, this is the one thing. The six six six. I don't think it's made that much difference. It has game. made it. It like, has made a difference. Dangerfield's goal on the weekend yeah. was like pure six six six. Stuff like that is starting to happen, so that has made a difference. Yeah, but no. Oh. So we adjusted. are conceding so many points from that, and I don't know who to blame. Cunnington is a jet, and he's very, very good clearances, and he's very good centre clearances. That's like the fourth most in the league yeah. for centre clearances. It's definitely not his fault. Higgins is the sort of first receiver player. You're not really expecting him to have too no. many clearances. He's been playing really good football. We just don't have a third midfielder who can go in and contribute to it, and Todd Goldstein's been terrible the last few are weeks. Are you losing the clearance numbers? Or yeah, we, we're losing them by yeah, quite okay. a bit. Okay. And yeah, there's a... And you shouldn't be losing the top Hawthorne. No. It's, no, it's not It's not Hawthorne. It's Hawthorne without Tom Mitchell, yeah, exactly, Liam Shields, exactly, Sean Burgoyne. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, it's, right now, it's the ghost the of Hawthorne past. They're just like, about like the shallowest midfield in the competition. Oh, the it was, and it was just disgusting. After quarter time, we just couldn't do anything out of the midfield. We just got smashed. And... Our back line was so reliant on the spare man last year and so reliant on Majak and, God, we've just missed him so much. We don't have anybody who can take an intercept mark at this stage in the game. Scott Thompson can occasionally, sort of, with a bit of smarts, but he doesn't float across a pack or anything. No, it's beating, some, it's beating someone in a one-on-one yeah. and just taking a mark. Roey Tarrant just... Almost seems cooked, to be honest. He's... Oh, God, you are. It was only like 12 months ago you were talking about him as, like, greatest defender of all time, weren't you? Okay, let's not kid ourselves. I never went that far. I got pretty close to that. I got pretty close, but I didn't go that far. (laughs) But he just looks so flat. He's he's fumbly. He had this incredibly bad turnover. He was just lazy. Straight up the middle of the ground. Kicked it 40 metres straight over someone's head to a Hawthorne player. Mm. 
And that, the reason he did it, because he didn't take a step back off the mark, and Paul Pueblo came in from the side, was about to stand on the mark, where to Robbie Tarrant would have just kicked it straight into him, so he hurried it off the boot and kicked it too far. It was just stupid. <laughs> okay. And that's not even... The defensive stuff's not working anymore. He used to go back into packs and take intercept marks really well. That was one of his strengths. He'd read them, he'd stand in front of the pack and just float back into it really well. Doesn't do that at all anymore. And we just don't have an intercept mark at all. Jasper Pittard's having to play that role. Jamie McMillan's having to play that role because we don't have the third tall defender. Ben Mackay, I think, will be good. I'm very hopeful. I think he'll be good. But he's too young and not really confident enough to do that at the moment. And to be honest, I kind of think we need him as a forward because our forward line is the other part of the problem. We have no link between the wing and the forward line. It breaks across at half forward every single time. We work really hard. We get an outlet to the wing. The guy's in space. He looks up and it's Tom, it's Tom Campbell standing next to Ben Brown. What the hell is going to happen if you don't get a mark there? I Tom Campbell was making you a lot better. He you did know, last, he week. last week. Well, to be fair, we couldn't have gone anywhere but up after our round one. So that's on me for reacting to it a bit <laughs> stupidly. But we just don't have... If the ball hits the ground and your two players there, and no small force to speak of because we haven't recruited a small forward in 15 years because we were just like, Lindsay Thomas will do it. Then he retired and we didn't replace him. So we gets to... Tom Campbell and Ben Brown on the wing. They're up against Sicily and um, and Tom Frawley. Two guys where they've got a massive height advantage. And if if you are isolating them in a clever way, you might actually be able to exploit that. Instead, they just kick it, rushed forward. It lands on top of somebody's head. Neither of those guys are able to hold their ground and push back into players to take marks. It goes to the ground, and they are possibly the two slowest players in the league. I love Ben Brown, but he's a very much a strengths and weaknesses kind of guy. His strengths, the lead, his reach, <laughs> yeah, all that great. crap. And occasionally he randomly kicks one off the ground. He's great as I love him so much, but he doesn't have these skills. And why is he being put in a position where that's what he has to do? It's just bad coaching. Like, I think Brad Scott is a good coach, but he's just fucked up this year. He just The game plan is bad. I really wanted to try him in a bit of a troll there, but I think I missed the boat. I want to say, could you do with Corey Wagner? Oh, we fucking could, to be honest, and he's not an AFL player. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's the, the forward stuff is just, like, <gasps> just stupidly reflective of what I've been saying as well. Like, we have like, the ex- exact same issues. The connection forward, not adding a small forward. Ours are injury-related as much as anything. We were lacking speed out of the back line. We moved Atley back because we had Marley Williams get hurt and we needed some cover there. You know what that did? Man, we had no speed in the forward line either. What? Our team structure. We finally addressed the fact that our midfield was too thin. Turns out, somehow we still... Well, we've addressed our what I thought was our biggest problem. We've gone backwards in that area in clearances. And all of our other weaknesses have gotten worse. Are you worried about... You've said for quite a few years, and I've always agreed with you, you've always made comments about we're very good at getting in plays who have limitations and then taking away those limitations. So they play in a way in which we don't bother. I'm not even worried about that because Jasper Pittard's played really well and he has so many limitations. No, no, but what I'm saying is, isn't the concern that you now have so many players who are told that they can't do certain things? Like, you've got... Your two small defenders are Marley Williams and Jasper Pittard. You're told you can't take risky kicks. No, Jasper Jasper Pittard is somehow just... He hasn't missed the risky kick yet. I I honestly... Is he going for them? Yeah, he's not going for like the high level that are just dumb risky kicks. He's somehow not doing that. But he's he's moving the ball. He's kicking it like through the corridor and just hitting the target. Honestly, this is a transformation. I just... If I'd have told you at the start of the year that Jasper Pittard was going to be very, very good, what would your... What, how would you think North Melbourne were going? 
The only oh, possible. No, the <laughs> only reasonable conclusion that if Jasper Pittard is playing very good football, almost to the level when he was in the All Australian squad, in my mind, I thought we'd be flying. Instead, we are <laughs> okay, second last okay. on the ladder. Okay, that's that's. What about stuff like Dom Tyson? He's not good on the outside. He's good on the inside. The issue with that is, is that you've got a lot of inside midfielders. No, we what don't. About- we've got one inside midfielder. It's Cunnington. Dom Tyson is there to play a pew because Jed Anderson's about, not playing. What about Aaron Hall? He doesn't defend. Oh, that's fine. We'll get him in and tell him he doesn't have to defend. Stuff like that. Aaron, so you know what? Aaron Hall not being the problem. Jared Pollock being excellent. Dom Tyson but being Aaron fine. Hall would have to take some responsibility for the fact that he played. De- he, defensive structures have been shit because he's the laziest. But uh, uh, I've def- seen play AFL. I don't think that's fair. But anyway, a defensive structure's not been poor. Like, so he's been playing half-forward in midfield, right? Yes. Our defensive structure has not been bad through the forward line. Like, it, we haven't had problems with conceding goals from defensive 50. That hasn't been a problem. So it's not a problem when he's in the forward line. And he's been playing mostly on the wing. He hasn't played that much through the centre. And so you can't really blame him on the centre clearances either because it never gets to the winger. It, it's just, he is not the problem. Pollock is not the problem. Dom Tyson... Maybe a little bit, but not the problem. I just don't understand. Like, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. That's enough crisis talks. I think. Should we? Is it time to get moving on? Yeah, you're gonna have to talk for. I need to cool down. No, that's you have fine to because we're on to everyone's favourite segment, which is run by me. The segment is gold jacket, green jacket. That was a solid nine minutes straight. <laughs> yeah, well, that was the point. We just had to vent off the top. So now let's talk about other football because the rest of footy's going quite well. Like footy's in a quite a good position apart from that misery. Gold jacket, green jacket. The title derives from the line in Happy Gilmore, gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit. And we give 3-2-1 votes for the most meaningless games of the round. Little bit easier this week, thankfully. One vote, you're going to be upset about this. Gold Coast defeated the What do they have to do? They have played... They've only got one. They have played three games. <laughs> They've all been decided by less than a kick. They've won two of them. <laughs> gold votes every week. How is that Gold possible? Coast, no one cares. That's the to thing. be honest, I'm stamping my flag. I care. I care about the Gold Coast. They are no, bizarre. Don't. I actually do. I love the Gold Coast. <laughs> <laughs> they are my shining light this season. They're becoming my Frio. No, but let's have a look at the formula. Relevance of teams is one. So they always get a one because no one cares yeah. about Gold Coast. Media interest is one of them. No one's ever going to talk about well, a little Gold bit Coast. of chatter this week. This week, yeah, no, I actually did give them a bit this week, and they I still actually, got I think votes. I'm seven out of ten this week, but yes, it still got votes. The quality of game wasn't high, apart from the fact it was close, and there were some other good games of footy. Like they only got one, and I think they've done well to only get one. So good on the Gold Coast that they're improving. All right, so I'm, I'm being friendly to. <sighs> yeah, okay. Let's give them some credit though, because we normally just bitch about whether or not they should have gotten votes. They are somehow not worse than when they had Stephen May and Tom Lynch. At and I think we need to reflect on No, they Keep in mind, they started this way last year. Ben. Yeah, but... They only beat the Bulldogs. Yeah, but then they also beat Frio and they beat yeah. St. Kilda. None yeah. of those teams are really going to be the they worst team. They lost Yeah, the sorry. Kilda. They almost but beat they, St. Kilda. But is that, is that one of the easiest first three games you'll get as a draw? Yeah, but it's also not... None of those teams are going to win the wooden spoon, are they? I know, because Gold Coast... Gold Coast will not win the wooden spoon. Carlton won two games for the entirety of last year. How many Gold Coast won already? Carlton aren't catching up two games on the Gold Coast at this point. And honestly, North Melbourne I, might not catch I, up I two think, games on the Gold could. Coast. I think they I'm thinking... I, I honestly think we're getting carried away with the Gold Coast. Like, not in a... 
not in a way of, like, I don't think we should be talking about them positively. We should be. They, they have, in my opinion, one of the worst lists I've ever seen. And Feels university-esque. They're, they're playing together. They're playing as a unit. They clearly have a really good culture going there, and it's really, like, awesome for them. They've got a couple of wins. Like, so good. Good on them. But they, they have been... That is one of the easiest draws you could possibly have in the first three games. They've all been very, very close. They easily could have lost this week. The Bulldogs had lots of chances late. Like... They're playing above what expected. They're, they're not great, though, and they're not going to be great, and they will drop off dramatically. I, I am certain, come the end of this year, we'll be having very similar conversations about Gold Coast we were having at the end of last year, just saying they're an absolute rebel. I, I'm certain of it. But good good on them for the start, and Stewie Jew's obviously doing something right, because if you're allowing that list to win any game, you're doing quite well. I do think the culture's had a fair reset, though. I agree. I, and I think that will mitigate a lot of what we talked about, because when we talked spoke last year, it was they're a rabble and they just lost their two captains. That's not yep. going to happen this okay, year. Okay, yep, yeah. And I think, I think they'll finally have a chance to actually build. When was the last time you looked at the Gold Coast and you thought they were taking steps forward? It's five years ago. Yeah, They've only been around for like seven year years. They sacked McKenna when they were looking like they were going to make That was so that dumb. Was that was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, but you know, you're right. Their culture is in a terrible place and they're doing well to... They, they clearly have something good going on there from a cultural point of view. So that's good, but that's a first step and they're not going to end up being good this year. And they are really long I, I don't think anyone thinks they'll be good this year, but there's a chance they come third last, which is... <laughs> like, what, what was their ceiling at the start of the year? Yes. The best, yeah, <laughs> and they have, they they have a chance to outperform what we thought were their best expectations. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But Jesus, and that's those that's after losing Tom Lynch and Stephen May. I think there actually needs to be credit given yeah, there. No, I'm not because say, I'm not saying no credit. I'm just saying there's been a lot of positive talk, and I don't think a lot. I, it's a little too over the top. I don't know. I just feel like if you've got, you're not going to have many chances to give Gold Coast positive talk while they're in this phase. Yeah, and I really enough. think... I think it's incumbent on the AFL as a me- and the, the whole media to actually do it from a growth of the game perspective as well. But I think they just deserve it. I, I hate the way the media treats fans in a lot of ways. If you're not a big club, they just... The way they ignore you sometimes is just... I, I find staggering. And I really think... Clubs like this that have achievements that are above what we thought they'd be need to be celebrated, even yeah, if they're not going to be. Yeah, I know. And I'm saying it's good, even if it's not Collingwood making a grand final. Like, you're never going to get that for winning two games if you're the Gold Coast, but you deserve some yeah, yeah, praise. Yeah, and they're getting it. And they've only got one vote in Gold Jacket, Green Jacket, so I'm giving them a lot of credit as well. But yeah, and to be fair, if North Hawthorne wasn't in our crisis talk segment, North absolutely would have been. That game was one of the worst games I've ever seen. Uh, 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 ours was worse. But anyway, can yeah, we but just, I, I didn't see your game. Can we start getting happy again? Because it's quite an interesting t- one this week. We're getting on to Billy Gower's watch. Billy, 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 Billy Gower's. Billy, 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 Billy Gower's. He was almost the match drawer. Like, honestly, I, I was jumping up off the bed. Watch, I was watching it on my... Uh, um, AFL Live. AFL Live thing. I'm a jiggy on my phone. I was jumping off off the bed. He took a big pack mark. He was a really good contested mark with about a minute left in the game. Six points down. Almost kicked it. He almost... He was 45 out on a slight angle. And he hit it okay. He, like, he missed it comfortably. 
But it wasn't it wasn't a bad kick. It was a fair effort. And you know, he still does lift in the big moment. Mm, definitely does. He, it was not an easy kick at goal. We can't blame him for it. But he really did step up and I was uh I, I got very, very excited. I have a question for you. Do you think Billy missing that kick is a sign that the Bulldogs thought we've won a few too many games early, we need to institute a tanking policy? Because I don't understand why he would have missed How that kick otherwise. Could have missed yeah. It. Yeah, look, it's a good point. It's a good point. I, I didn't think it was possible for him to make a mistake. Yeah. So it probably has to have been intentional. When Billy wants to kick a goal, he does. And like when he wants to take a mark, he does. Yeah, it's That's why he, chooses, he always does it in the big he, moments. He, he doesn't want to seem too superior, so he chooses yeah. not to at times. Like it'd be like he's got great respect for Wayne Carey and Lee Matthews and all the other greats, and he just exactly. wants to he wants to leave yeah, them on exactly their pedestal. Right. So yeah, no, he's respectful right. for of others' egos. I, I think you must be right. You must be tanking. That's one of the, your best takes that you brought to the pod. That yeah. Bulldogs must be tanking. But anyway, look his stats because we do it every week. Eight kicks, which is quite high for Billy. Yeah. Eight kicks, five hands. Tried reasonably so, so hard he, this week. Yeah, he, he tried to get kicks eight times and did it. <laughs> he tried <laughs> to get handballs five times and did it. Six marks, one tackle. And look, one goal too, which is a little little down on how he's been. But, you know, he's been at such a high level to this point. It was bound he'd have a little down one at one point. And it happened to be while the rest of the team didn't play so well. But good Billy Gow was watched for this week, I think. Yeah, no, 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 no. It was, it was worth noting. It was a very dramatic Billy Gow's watch this week. Exactly. Anyway, on to your two votes. Moving on, two votes we are giving Sydney defeated Carlton by 19 points. I was a little bit upset about this. It was an obvious one. But I actually, I watched a fair bit of this game and it was... It was quite a good game of footy. It was very clean, very entertaining. It was quite sort of end-to-end. It was a contest from start to finish. It was like, it wasn't a a standout classic game, but it was just a good game to sit back and be like, oh, this is some pretty good footy. It was almost round 23-esque type footy. It was one of those games where you're watching, guys, there's not a lot on the line here. People just moving the ball. It looks good, but I don't think there's particularly high-level football going on here. No, I would say the quality. Yeah, so of we read it pretty, differently. Pretty, pretty decent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. It, the intensity wasn't that high. It didn't feel like that was that were desperately hunting. Yeah, exactly. That game. was more my point. But it was. I thought in terms of the skills, it was it was quite quite a good game of footy. I, I quite enjoyed it. Gee, Carlton really could go on the game. Like they they had all of the play in the last mm. quarter, and there was a lot of just sacking it on the head of uh, Mackay. Um, and to be honest, that worked for quite a while. You just took. Fifteen yeah. contested marks in the first three rounds. It's a record, isn't it? No, it's the second highest. Oh. The real highest is seventeen by Matthew Lloyd, and he was on the Sunday Footy Show. It was in nineteen ninety nine in the Sunday Footy Show. He uh, corrected the record oh, for everybody. Okay. <laughs> oh, was that actually true, or was he just? Yeah, no, it was true. Yeah, okay. <laughs> He's looking all right, isn't he? Yeah, he is looking all right. Speaking of all right, Sam Walsh was even better than he has been. And he's still not going to get the Rising no, Star nomination. Um, I'm looking forward to getting to the Port Adelaide games. How long can it years. possibly last that he doesn't oh, get... Not that long. I think I think the people who are doing the award will be quite enjoying it at the moment. Because I mean, like, mm. we know we're going to give it a Walsh at some point. I yeah. Like the fact we don't have to. Now. What if he gets injured next week? <laughs> yeah, but, but then he's not going to win the Rising Star because he was injured for most of the year. Yeah. He'll be eligible for next year, won't he? Yeah, he would be. But like, Grian, every chance to get a nomination at some point. Yeah, LDU yeah. for us has been very, very yeah. good. 
There's still more options. Sydney Stack was awesome. Yeah, he did play well. Like, no, there just... are plenty of options that like could have an out-of-the-box game because Sam Walsh has just been so consistent. But if someone's going to kick five goals and have 20 touches, I'm sorry, Sam Walsh. You have to have more than 30 he's, or whatever you did. He's, yeah, I think he had 28 in the goal. Yeah. He's going he's gonna to get it at some point. He's, he's a running machine. I suppose the thing with Walsh is most first-year players don't get a chance to play full-time midfield. Most of them are playing yeah. half-forward, sometimes back. The fact that we have someone who steps straight into being a starting... It's Joel Selwood-esque, Toby yeah. Green. It's he, the guys that have been given the role. He has the opportunity, which a lot of other first-year players don't. I'm really looking forward to... And he, I think he started to do this. He's gotten used to the pace of the game more. The first few games, he was a little hit and miss with his disposal because I think he was rushing a little bit. But I thought during this game against Sydney, he was a lot cleaner. Yeah. He's hitting players on leads, doing... Because he was noted for his ball use. It was a plus. It wasn't like... He's an unbelievable kick, but it yeah. was definitely a plus yeah, to yeah, his yeah. game. And I think it's starting yeah, to I, show I think, out. Yeah, I think we're showing it. That, that's getting there. That's getting there. Yeah. Petrescu Seaton's playing quite well as well. I really like Petrescu yeah. Seaton. Um, he's, he's a beautiful kick. If he steps kick. up from sort of 16 disposal mark, which is kind of where he was last year, to the 22 yeah. disposal mark, he's is a real be, asset. I don't think he'll ever be a super high possession winner. But oh, yeah. he uses be, it well. He like runs a, well. Everyone at Hawthorne, twenty touches, but really, yeah, 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 yeah. Touches, yeah. Um, and like Sydney, like you know, they they got it done. It would just be a relief for Sydney, pretty much. Yeah, well, they needed to get a win if they were zero and three, having lost to Carlton, would have been panic stations. I kind of think it should be panic stations anyway, though. Yeah, I agree. I don't think they'll make finals. Don't think they look good enough. But Isaac Kenny played really well, and that's you very important for them. Twenty six and. Goals, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's not, that's not a bad performance. No, not a bad performance by him. But anyway, let's get to the three vote game. We're going free mantle defeated St Kilda by five points. So to those teams, we say gold jacket, green jacket. Who gives a shit? Look, what's what's to say about this game? It was close in the end, which is interesting. There was a little bit of interest. There yeah, a uh, bit of a sickening clash with Fife. That oh my god, that was so game. hard to watch. The watching him try and walk off, he should have been stretched. He couldn't yeah. keep his legs underneath him. He was literally carried off. All yeah. his weight was on the runners and trainers with him. That yeah. was. All, it felt negligent the way they took him off. There was there was Rockliffe. I guess there I... mustn't have been any worry about his neck, but. Ugh. Yeah, the, the night before Rockliffe went off, and I was like, gee, that, gee, that looks pretty bad. Well, then Rockliffe Fife came was... back to the bench and started vomiting everywhere. Yeah, but no, I, Fife looked worse. Like, Fife mm. looked terrible. They were, you're actually right. It was actually quite difficult to watch. Um, and, like, it's not a good look if he plays next week. <laughs> not a no, good I don't think he will. I don't think it's a good look if Rockliffe plays, but I think he it will. Sounds like he's going to, based on what they've been saying. Yeah. Is, uh, I don't know. We're kind of in that in-between place at the moment with concussion where we're kind of aware of it. I'm but... kind of worried we're getting over it. Like... Yeah, We've had the panic, and now yeah. we're just like, ah, we'll, right. we're aware of the consequences, and we'll go with it. And yeah, that's a bad players, attitude. Most players are like, I don't care. Like, yeah, I'm just gonna play anyway. Which, like, you need until to be... you get to sort of Angus Brayshaw areas or yeah. McCartan areas, where you have to be careful, or else something might really. Yeah, the, the medical happen. staff need to be telling them, um, no, you, like you can't play. Yeah, I think there's a little too much football decision-making taking exactly. over. And apparently people have been having discussions at football clubs about how to... Because, you know, they do the cognitive tests. Mm -hmm. uh, it was reported that players have been giving young players tips on how to do poorly in your cognitive test in the initial one. Oh, where, where have you heard that? It was reported on the footy show, so the Sunday footy show or something like that. Oh, no. Yeah. That's it's actually like, quite sickening. That's, that's bad. True. Oh, I really hope that's not true. 
Um, but anyway, that football. Um, <laughs> what else is to say? Uh, you were saying before Hogan was uh, looking pretty good. Yeah, he, he got absolutely burnt once by McCarthy, which is just funny. You know how Classic Hogan, McCarthy. like, sort of Hogan is very he demonstrative. Likes, he likes a sulk. Yeah, <laughs> just, it was a classic Hogan. So it was just very yeah. funny because McCarthy threw it on the boot from fifty out. Hogan's just standing in the goal scroll by himself, yeah. and he puts it through post eye, like, but nowhere near the goals. <laughs> what were you doing? Yeah, um, that classic McCarthy and Hogan. In that yeah. Situation. <laughs> uh, I like Walter spent a fair bit of time in the midfield, which I like. Yeah, he looked pretty good. They need to do that more. He looks so, when he's in there, they look so much more dynamic. Yeah, he offers them run through the inside, which they don't really have, because Brad Hill is just entirely outside, and he's so good at it. He covers the ground and just skirts around the contest. He's so good at it, but Walters has the ability to... Weaves through. Yeah, exactly. Brings the ball from inside to outside cleanly, which is probably the most important thing in football. Being able to take contested possession, turn it into clean possession. A, cont- a contested possession where you just hack the ball forward is not that great. A contested possession where you get it to the outside and then have a free run, able to hit a target, hit a lead, that is worth so much more. And Walters has a real ability to do that. And it's not through... Fife does it through like just being big and nobody be able to affect what he does with the football. Walters just does it through yeah. silk, and it's so it's a pleasure to watch. And the thing, like, he's, he's a great small forward, mm. so he needs to spend time there. But like, I love it when he gets off the chain, and spends a bit of time in the midfield. I think I, I feel, always feel the same way about Robbie Gray at Port. Yeah, like they're, they're they're dynamic footballers. You can turn inside ball into outside. Robbie Gray ball, even more so. Yeah, we, I think he's. I think Robbie Gray is the best stoppage player in the competition when he's in there. But and he doesn't spend enough time there. And I think both of those players they, mm. they, they just give a different outlook to the midfield. It looks so much better. And Hogan as well, spending a little bit of time through the midfield and just a big body in there. And they're like, well, we were talking about they had midfield issues at the start of the year, and just getting a few of those players rolling through is making them look a bit better. They then they're another team that had a soft draw to start of the year, but um, got a couple of wins. Blue one, they should have won. Yeah, although St Kilda. Pretty similar. They've had. They probably should have won that game as well. In you could argue that they were, rolling they were down games. by two goals when Billings just kicked one out of the blue, which is lovely for my fantasy, but pretty irrelevant to yeah. the result. But uh, St Kilda aren't bad either. St Kilda, they have the capacity to be like the thirteenth worst side. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's a really positive step for them because they've sort of had to remodel what they're doing, and they. Sort of had to reset their development curve. We thought they were a lot further along and then they just had a nightmare last year. And they have really looked like they're sort of starting to build again because there's no old players that are carrying them and lifting their performance above where you think it should be. They are where they should be now. They're only really old players like Nathan Brown. Even Jack Stevens not that old and he's one of their older players. And what they're doing is off the back of like Jack Steele... Nunes has been alright Seb Ross is just a ball magnet and it's a lot of guys that they're not young but they're they've got five years left and you can build the bottom up underneath that and if they are able to do that effectively it's really reliant on what they turn the bottom of their list into over the next five years but if they can put something together, there is scope for them to be pretty good. And they're all energetic footballers. Yeah. That, that's the vibe which like, I'm getting. Jack Loney is just manic at the moment. Yeah. Like, he's not great, but I really like I really like the energy he brings to football. And yeah. Jack Billings has actually been much better this year than he was last yeah, they're, year. They're feeling just energised watching them yeah. play, which is, yeah, which is a big change because they were looking so flat. Last and they've year. had an absolute like nightmare off-season. 
And they're really the only side that has had a bad off-season that's been able to push through it. And I think that's a really positive sign. Yeah. Melbourne, nightmare off-season. It's really bit them in the arse. North, nightmare off-season. We look terrible. Like Most teams that have been bad through the off-season, just whether it's through luck, whether it's through injury, all that kind of stuff, it generally reflects. And for St. Kilda to buck that trend is a real positive for them, mm-hmm. I think. Yep, that's that's Girl Jacket Green Jacket for the week. Yeah, and we're forty minutes into the pod. So forty minutes. <laughs> we took twenty minutes on our two teams. I, I thought you said nine minutes, didn't you? No, I went for nine minutes. Oh, you went for another geez. nine minutes. Wow, all right, let's start rolling. <laughs> Geelong defeated Adelaide by twenty-four points. Takeaways: Geelong are really good. I don't think Adelaide are as good as advertised. Yes and no. I like to be honest. I thought it was just a real quality game of footy. I it, it was. It was a was. really good game, and I can't wait. Thinking both teams are looking pretty good. The thing with Geelong at the moment is they're so clean mm. and they're so pure. They're, they're they're making very very few mistakes. And I think in the first like round one was a bit sloppy against Collingwood. Oh no, that was filled with mistakes. So. Yeah. But the last two games, like I feel like they have absolutely maximised everything mm. they can get out of the game. I think 80 points against us was the absolute maximum margin it could have been. Yeah. And they just so clinical, made very few mistakes, and absolutely buried us yeah. when they needed to. Same this week. I thought this was a very even game. Well, it was a very close game for most of I, it. It could have gone either way. For most of the game, I thought Adelaide were going to roll over them at some point. Especially just, in the third quarter. Yeah, and they, they just made the most of every one of their chances. Whenever the game was on the line, they'd kick a couple of quick goals, and they're, they're completely maximising everything, which one side of looking at it is... They probably won't do that for the course of the year, so they mm. won't look this good all year. So, so they're just in form. I like. I, I think so. They look in super hot form at the moment. But a lot of what they've changed, I think, is sustainable. They've brought in a lot more forward pressure around the ball. They are, yeah, a lot more dynamic through the forward line. They're not as anywhere near as slow or as stale as they have been. Guys like Brian, who was awesome, Tom Atkins, who was just fine, but. He's a body for them. He's he adds something, which is what we were saying. Melbourne don't have here. Like, yeah, 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 he yeah. would. He is an AFL footballer from the looks of things. Um, and then yeah, Dangerfield's back in form, so that's fantastic. They just seem a lot more even across the board. They finally found the bottom six to raise up, not to the level of of their best players because their best players are in the top tier of the competition of your best players, but like. They're finally at a place where they look reasonably even throughout the list. Yeah, no, no, look, I, I agree with all of that. Um, they they seem outstandingly well coached at the moment, which I, I yeah. do think Chris Scott is a very, very good coach, and he's made some great changes. Their forward pressure's at a level it's never been before. Their midfield, they're sweeping a lot of numbers through there. A lot of a lot of different players are spending some time through the middle. Um, their defend, they've always been a really good defensive team. Yeah, they're defending so well deep. They they defend mm. deeper than most teams. They spend yeah. a lot of time in their back half, and they defend so well. And then they're so clean on the counter that mm. the scores the other way. The other thing I re- I really liked uh, Jordan Clark. He, yeah, he's, he's added a lot. He was still even with six sixes. He was coming off the back of the square. There were a few center clearances. That's really interesting because I they, find they must be limiting themselves in defense, or a wing is getting back to defend. I'm not sure. But... Yeah. So one thing North was doing, I think other teams are doing it. They put the winger, and for North it was generally Jamie McMillan at the back corner of the square, so they yeah. could just roll him across. And it seems like Geelong were probably doing that and having the shoot up because I think that's probably a in a lot of ways, the way to go because a lot of when you see centre-bound scores from 
sides, it's when the defense doesn't push up to meet the midfield swarming forward. It's not so much the long kick forward and a score. Like we've seen so many midfielders kick goals from the center bounces, which was a real is a real change. Mm. Whereas in the past, it had to be from a second kick. And I think having a defender push up, even if it's a little risky, also mitigates a lot of risk because although Adelaide aren't the quickest midfield out of the yeah. Like bursting out it really means they can sort of halt and at least confront and apply some frontal pressure to a guy streaming forward yeah yeah and Clark got yeah three or four center clearances mm. from doing that um, and yeah it was kind of what we've been seeing in previous years and I like I, it stood out to me because I haven't seen it in other games so that's something they're doing differently so yeah they just yeah they're really well structured up and made some really big changes Adelaide, they're interestingly having forward line issues. Yeah, that's the thing <laughs> that makes me worry. And I don't think it's I, like part of its coaching, but I think the talent has dropped off. And it's the same guys, but it's dropped off. Taylor Walker, I don't think is anything above average at this point. In fact, he might be below average. Yeah, yeah. No, you're probably right. On performance, yeah, you're probably right. Eddie Betts... My call last week. I don't feel worse about it. He was fine this week, but he started he, he well. can't get separation anymore. That's yeah. the problem. He doesn't seem to be able to find space the way he used to because yeah, I get, think he's lost a step. Goals. Yeah, he did. Um, he had a few good like assist moments where he just yeah. dug around a pack and hit someone. And I think up. he's got it. Like, oh, I think he's got to sort of change his game yeah. to sort of compensate for his changing like yeah. athletic ability. Yeah. Josh Jenkins is probably their best key forward. And as we all have issues with the way he approaches contested marking, and structurally he's a lot more of a medium-sized forward than what you'd want he out of a key forward. He always to get out of the back every time. Yeah. It's the, the bummer. And I think, he's, yeah. I think he's definitely improved with his ability to attack the ball, but it's still not good. Yeah. So some... And Tom Lynch now is, talent-wise, their best forward. Yeah. I mean, he, he played well. He and he is, he is a fantastic play, player, yeah. but I don't think he can be a focal point of a no, forward line. He, he requires other good forwards to make his work valuable. Yeah, he makes other forwards better, yes. but the other forwards probably need to be good too. Yes, exactly. Um, something which I noticed a lot, I reckon on three or four occasions I saw Josh Jenkins yelling at someone, mm. and a couple of times it looked like he was directing it at Tex, yeah. which was like... They seem to be Texas stepping the on... the captain. They, yeah, there's that. But they are just as forwards, they seem to be stepping on each other's well, territory. It's just worrying about working. leadership relationships, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah, we had all those issues last year with their culture. I don't know, maybe still there. But Well, they're missing Charlie Cameron so much as well because they're just not as dynamic. I really like Chase Jones, who they've brought in as a kid he and he's playing at a he small a forward. Dip, yeah. But he's probably not a small forward as well. Yeah. He's probably a midfielder. Run. In the long run, yeah. And he looks it. Like they just thought they were fine in that regard because they had Eddie, but he's not playing well now. Yeah. But look again, we're being very negative. I thought it was a good game of footy, and they could have won it. So they're not. I don't think they're that far off. They are one and two though, and yeah. they haven't had the toughest draw in the world. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't. Think they I'm didn't flog so. Sydney. No. They lost to Hawthorne, who, while I didn't say a word about them in our game, were bad too. It was yeah. very much like how you looked yeah, at yeah, Essendon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a bit. No, I'm not no, not sure. I think they're top four. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I I can say that there's. I think it's impossible they made the top four. I think there are concerns around that, but I think they're still a good team. Mm. I'm pretty confident they'll be top eight. Yeah. Like I'm not. So, honestly, yeah. the top eight's so bonkers at the moment. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? But, yeah. But I think they probably will be top eight. I just don't think they're a premiership contender the way I used to. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Best result of the round? <laughs> oh, possibly second best. GWS defeated <laughs> Richmond by forty nine points. 
This was awesome. Richmond are screwed. <laughs> I think we were right when we said they might miss finals. It's good to see Dusty showing his true colours, wasn't it? I've was, uh, mm, nice. been waiting for that for a very long time to see. Cool, him we've got plenty it. of Dusty talk coming, so uh, okay, just have okay, it. But it was quite enjoyable. Uh, Cotchen's out for what? Two to three. three Jaden Short's out for eight. So for the, they have not had an injury for about five years, <laughs> maybe maybe one. even a decade, and now they're not going to have Rance, Rewalt, Cochin, and Martin for two weeks. Just like their entire team, really. And yeah, and they've lost all the depth that really made them good. Like Hooley's out as well. Caddy's out. They have so many people out. Yeah, Caddy might be back next week. Oh uh, uh, well, he's just he played BFL, yeah. Uh, he's probably not going to be able to help because no one else is there with him. He might play midfield, like properly midfield, for the first time in forever. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be fascinating. Yeah. Now I watched the start of this game before I had to go away and do a bit of studying. Mm-hmm. I thought it looked like quite a sloppy game. So I, I went from watching the end of Carlton Sydney, which yep. I thought was quite clean and good footy. This the first quarter of this was really just sloppy. It was a real just hack fest, a lot of just quick kicks forward. It sort of grew into the game. But yeah. I think Richmond just were not good at any point. So for a while they were dragging GWS to the level. I suppose Richmond are a bit like that. They're, a bit, yeah. they're entertaining in the fact that they're frenetic, but yeah. they're, they're ugly. Yeah. But GWS were able to turn it on and really... They were able just to get separation and they look clean and they look clean in a lot of the same ways you're talking about Jalen they were clinical Whitfield's ball use was incredible Cameron just made everything his own Cameron was incredible he didn't have use of one arm for about a quarter he got a stinger and just it was numbing he was just it was flopping around by so he still kicked seven goals and had 30 touches that has to be one of the best individual games we've seen in Yes, yeah like, that was just be, awesome he took screamers one. and like one of his he had one touched off the boot that went through for a goal as well. And yeah. I have no idea if that counts as his scoring shot or a rush behind. So, like, he could Probably have... Probably counts as his. I yeah, think. so one of his behinds... Five, yeah. yeah. One of his behinds could have easily been a goal as yeah. well. It, um, like, he got a bee's dick of a fingertip on it. He's a bit... Remember last week we were talking about how to go is weird, how he can kick a snap from, like, 40? He kicked it from 50. It. Yeah. it was huge. Yeah, it's, it's amazing, yeah. It was it absolutely unbelievable. Which we've known for a long time. Yeah, and I think he's starting to play a lot more like how he did when he was winning Coleman's. He's been a lot more dynamic. He's moving smoothly. He's kicked 14 yeah, goals in three he's games. He's attacking the ball in the air. He's not trying yeah. to get out of the back. He's actually... Cause maybe it is just because he knows Patton's not there. That yeah, he, he has, has to be, be that there. guy. And so Himmelberg, for all his talent, is a lead-up for it. He's not a big contested yeah, mark. Yeah. Lobb's gone as well, who was a contested foil. Yeah. Like, how about Jeremy Finlayson? Yeah, yeah. Five goals. He was a key forward as a junior, so it's not... Completely out of the box. And when he, when he played back, like he had a lot of talent that you could see could work as a forward. Like a lot of it was, was overhead marking use. and yeah. a ball use. Yeah, um, which all of he that kicked some perilous set, yeah. set shots. Yeah, I <laughs> that he kicked a he kicked a snap from fifty out as well on his wrong foot running towards the boundary yeah, yeah. around I, his I, body. I did, I did see one bounce. So that was one of the most incredible goals yeah. you'll ever see. <laughs> the degree of difficulty on that was absurd. Like, it's not quite Seedsman's barrel from 70 level, but it's up there. It's funny, Finn Lace and I kind of, because he's kind of a bit of an unknown name, I kind mm. of look at him as one of those, like, the kind of battlers that GWS have, but he's not. Like, he's, he's really talented. talented. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's got a bit he of He moves so him. well. Yeah. Let's focus on Richmond for a second, because I think... <laughs> That's this, your favourite story. Yeah. They're a little cooked or a lot cooked? Where are we going? Oh, I'm going to go... Oh, I mean, define a lot cooked. A lot cook is they're definitely missing finals. I'm pretty damn confident my call last week was spot on. Yeah. I'm pretty confident they're not going to make finals from here. 
They'd it's going to be tough. Which I suppose they've done before. Maybe yeah, <laughs> that was incredible. But uh, that was a bit of a freak occurrence. Uh, they're going to be a fair way back, I think, within the next few weeks. They've got Port this week in Adelaide. They're not going to win that game. No, I don't think I so. I don't know they have them next week, but uh, I think they'll lose one or two more games in the next little period. And then they're is, one and four. Yeah. They've got uh, Sydney at Marvel. They could win that. Oh, yeah. Not if they're missing their four best players. Yeah. And then after that, when they might still they might us. only have Martin... Oh, yeah, so they'll win that. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> we might be good by then. Who knows? But, we'll see what three weeks uh, They're going to be a little bit back. And, like, they're, look, they're obviously not getting Rance back. They're structurally looking pretty iffy at the moment. Mm. Um, and we've talked before that their midfield depth is a little bit shallow. And it becomes very obvious. Also, their small forwards just don't seem to be trying as hard. And... Yeah, I mean, small forwards work when there's quick ball movement and they have space to work in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but like that's in, that's on one end, but the forward pressure doesn't seem there. Is what I'm more worried about. Is it coming to ground? Like I didn't watch a lot of this game because that's yeah. Well, Rewalt always brings it to ground. He was there for the first two weeks. Lynch is fine. Lynch kicked five is actually pretty good. Yeah, but they just they're not manic. Butler just looks lazy at the moment. Mm. Defensively, he does. Yeah. His once, entire once game has to be based on defense. Yeah. He's okay going forward, mm. and he looks pretty handsome. But it's he's quick. that's yeah. about it. Castagna needs to be based on defense. He can't kick the ball or make a decision quick enough for his game mm-hmm. to be offensively based. And the next guy just doesn't seem to be working as hard either. Higgins is always going to work hard. Yeah, this but is what he's like. Marcos but he, just like, but he's smart. He's definitely Higgins is smart. Work hard. He's not. Like in your Higgins. face tackling pressure, yeah. Yeah. He's he's not the same sort of Rioli manic pressure. That's who I was thinking. Of. He does okay. not. Yeah. He did get he did get he did get hit, which might have contributed yeah. to this game. But it's a very nice goal. None of it seems to be working right. But anyway, let's move on. We're going so long. Kane Corn <laughs> section of the week. I'm not going to explain it because we don't have time. <sighs> the best one this week was from Matthew Lloyd. He was asked on Access All Areas. Normally a good show. Who's got a better list? <laughs> Carlton or Brisbane. He didn't get the answer wrong, so we'll be fair to him. Yeah, I think he's been right. What, what's the issue? He, he said Brisbane. The problem was, he said, this is a close one. This is not a close one. <laughs> Brisbane have probably the second or third most optimistic list in the competition. They have one of the lists where you go, I see how you get to a premiership, and there aren't many sides that you look at that. Carlton still don't have that yet. Carlton have a few building blocks that might get them there, but they still need to add like five players before you go, this is a talented list. Brisbane are already at that point. They need like maybe one or two more forwards, but everything else seems to be in place. I don't understand what he was talking about. Come on, mate. I'm like, look, this was your choice, but how does this compare to Mason Cox's top 50 players in the competition? Richo's going to be... No one said anything one. stupid what this week. Well, he said he's going to come back. <laughs> like, come on, how does this compare? That's quite... It doesn't compare. I will... You got it right. I will, I will admit it doesn't compare, but that's only because, one, we didn't look too hard, and two, <laughs> we're not sure anyone said anything dumber. You just heard it and your eyes just popped out of your head. Like, it was yeah, stupid. It, it has to be mentioned. That happy, fine, we'll put it in, I suppose. But anyway, who's me or you? You. What am I going to say? <laughs> yeah, I've kind of gone over this, so we won't go into too much detail. Melbourne versus Essendon was the worst game of football I have ever seen. So this is a fine take, except for the fact that North Melbourne Hawthorne played this weekend too. And it could not possibly have been worse. <laughs> no, no, you know, what I know the most amazing thing about this call. 
as I said, Melbourne, one of the worst performances I've seen. Essendon were very, very much. Also, you've probably been the worst team for the last two decades, except for Carlton. So you've seen plenty of bad games. Plenty (laughs) of bad games. Both of those teams weren't the worst performed during the game. The umpires umpires (laughs) were worse. That was the worst officiated game I've ever seen. That was astonishing. I'm not. Not not saying it went our way. It was just I've never seen so many blindingly bad decisions <laughs> ever. I tell you, the, the absolute worst one I was telling you before was when I, I'm pretty sure it was Zaharakis got tackled, gave off a handball. The person he handballed it to kicked the goal, but then Zaharakis got slung down in the tackle afterwards, and they didn't pay advantage. They brought it back to him about 51 meters out from goal, and then he missed. And then there was, a, there was another holding the ball against Frost in the last one. It's a classic Frost. <laughs> Pay it. I'm like, like, <laughs> what? Like, both supporters were furious. Yes. It was a terrible game of football to go to. Anyway, mine is a great take that I wish we had more time for. I'm glad Dusty didn't come to North. <laughs> he has gotten complacent. He's not worth the money Richmond are paying him. He dropped five possessions. went from 29 touches or nearly 30 touches a game to 25 last year, kicked seven less goals. This year, hasn't kicked a goal all year and only averaging 21 touches. And he's just starting to crack the shits and punch people in the back of the head. The curve is linear. It is down. He's done. He's I'm cooked. I'm confused. He's being a dickhead and he's being a grump. Don't, don't you love those people? Isn't that your Only if they're creature? good at football. <laughs> he's pretty good at football. He's very good at football. What about but Josh Kelly? Performance. He, that's not confirmed yet, oh, Scott. That's pretty close. No, mate. It's not confirmed. It's, it's, on the it's not confirmed. A week or two, Don't count your chickens. A Josh Kelly party. Don't count I your chickens. I want my Josh Kelly cake. Don't count your chickens before they I hatch. I want an Scott. orange cake with a big black 22 on it. I cannot wait. You want an orange frosted cake or an actual orange cake? No, orange frosted. But Dusty is really, really drastically going. Like, his performance has been downhill, and he just looks lazy, which is the problem. Yeah. I don't think he doesn't have. He was pretty heavily targeted. Yeah, but I don't think he doesn't have the ability to play like he was. He's just not. Yeah, it's not as if he hasn't been tagged in the last few years. No. You got tagged every week. And the thing is, also, if he was at North, he would have been in a new club and tried hard. Like, everyone tries hard in a new club. So, I do wish he still came to North. But regardless, <laughs> I did want to point out that he's gotten worse. And he's probably not in the top three players' conversation the so same upset. way. I'm looking at these next two games. And they both deserve so much discussion. Yeah, we, we need to work on our planning. Anyway, West Coast defeated Collingwood <laughs> by 22 points. Grand final rematch. West Coast, again, pulled it out. They seemed to have the wood over Collingwood. Yeah, that round one performance is definitely looking like a, a blip now. I think they... I think it just says more about Brisbane than West Coast. Ah, uh, I think it says something in it. They were beaten pretty... Oh, no, it doesn't say anything. Yeah, okay, no, I, I get what you're saying. Yes, correct. Um, <laughs> West Coast... If I was tipping the Premier now, I would still say Collingwood. But realistically, West Coast have to be the clear Premiership favourite, don't they? Yeah. I mean, I, I was even I honestly think are the best team. The, they beat them comprehensively enough. The two... N- challenges I think at the moment are Geelong and Collingwood and I think they're pretty even keel on who you could who you'd have to bet on there's question like we don't know how sustainable what Geelong's doing is as you pointed out before but West Coast I think have to be the clear clear top five the top favorite interestingly out of this game uh last two weeks I would say Collingwood have played the two teams who had the best defensive structures last year being Richmond and West Coast just Mm. brilliant system teams yeah play so well as a team Last week, they played their chipping style. 
got through, just got through yeah. easily against Richmond. Just ended up, up overwhelming. This week they they did the same thing. They tried to play the same style and they just couldn't get through West Coast. Like they were they were so much better. Is that the difference in McGovern or was it more than that? Well, hard to say. It, it could be as simple as Rance was playing was not playing yeah. one of them. McGovern was playing the other. Could be because a lot of that's leadership as well, mm. which the fact that you have that sort of presence there it lifts the rest of the team. But um. Yeah, like, you would say that West Coast's defensive system is now easily the best in the comp, and that's one of the main reasons why they won it. Yeah, unfortunately, we can't say any more about that because we're at the hour mark. Brisbane defeated Port by 17 points. Brisbane are really good. I really like Brisbane. I'm actually pretty positive about this result for Port. It's a really tough game to go to Brisbane. They were in it right up until the end, had every opportunity to win it, had really good performances from Rosie. Their midfield still purring. Rockliffe went down, so they're playing with a little bit of adversity as well. Pretty positive about Port so far. No, look, I, so I, I was talking a little out of my ass mm. then when I was talking about West Coast Collingwood. I decided the game I want to watch on that night, I wanted to watch Brisbane Port. Reason being, I kind of know West Coast and Collingwood are good. I kind of yeah. know how they play. From like a scholarly point of view, it was more interesting to watch this. So you hadn't teams, really watched either side. Well, you'd, only, like, you'd watch the Melbourne Port game, yes, but you never exactly. actually you know, watched like, the opposition. I don't know. I didn't know how positive to be about the two of them. Mm. Man, I made a good decision. This was one of the funnest games I've watched mm. in a long time. It was What it was... It was a bunch of kids with attitude. Like that's what <laughs> from both teams. Portland, Rosie's serious attitude. Butters has a lot of attitude. Oh yeah. He looks like a bit of a knob, but he really carries himself. Might be my kind of player. Dersma was a little bit quieter, but he's got a bit of tune. I as like well Dersma. Brisbane, like Rayner has serious attitude about him. Barry has a little bit going. I think McCluggage is a bit. He was more, a bit quiet. He's a bit plainer as a. Yeah, he's more in the Pendlebury smooth mould rather than attitude. Yeah, yeah. Hipwood's exactly got right. a bucket he's load of attitude. Attitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he absolutely full of it. It was just and like yeah, Zorko were, is full of attitude too, and he's not even a kid. He just behaves like one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, there was a lot of older players who played well who were important, but the real feeling you watched the. It was all these kids with like you know those kid haircuts. Those yeah. It was all like wacky haircuts, and it was just a bunch of kids just having fun. Like the Brisbane culture is like they look like they are loving football at the moment. They look. You got to like give they, massive props to Fagan for that because yeah. he's turned that culture around one hundred percent. Yeah. And like, and when they just ran over the top of them in the last two minutes, like. McInerney. That's two weeks in a row they've done that. McInerney they did the same that, thing to us. That mark and kick the goal to put him in front. There's two minutes left. And you're kind of watching that highlight. And you're like, Jesus, they won by 17 points in the end. It was, uh, it was, it was nuts. And they just had so much fun. And it was great to watch. I'm just I'm loving Brisbane. Absolutely loving them. Paul yeah, played pretty well you, too. You're getting on my bandwagon. So that's fine. It was, um, a, it was a great, really good game of footy. A cracker. We're going to move on because, yeah, it's taking so long. Top five. First off, we do need to make an apology. Not an apology, but it does need to be noted. Finbar O'Dwyer, who last week I included in the top five dumbest names. <laughs> thought I might know him. Turns out I do. You know everyone. My mum used to live with his mum. I don't think I've ever met the kid, so I don't actually know <laughs> But And also, the more obscure part of this, my great-great-grandfather's first farm... Is now owned by his dad. <laughs> You're making this up. I absolutely am not. You're definitely making this up. I suppose Rory O'Kane knows Finbar and Dwyer. I mean, is it that surprising? I mean, yes, it is. We may as well have come from the small, same small Your town in Ireland. Absolutely. This everyone. week, our top five is top five best names. Um, 
it's almost as fun as top five dumbest names. Not quite, but it's quite enjoyable. So take it away. Who's your five? You know, I think we're, I'm going to do it slightly differently this week. We're trying to get through stuff quickly. And mm-hmm. I reckon mine are almost funner to just read out. Because, <laughs> like, I've just gone with wacky, sure. unknown players. And it's just a laugh and fun to say all of the names. Go ahead. Number five, Wiley Buzzer. Number yep. four, Quinton Narkle. The Sparkle Narkle. Number three, Nakaya Cockatoo. Number two, Irving Mosquito. And number one is, I mean, it's a very obvious one. Derek Egmoles Smith. <laughs> I was I was cut when I heard that he might get delisted. Really? Uh, at the end of last year. Okay, uh, so he's safe. No, there were articles about him getting delisted at the end of last year. I sent a message to Pucci being like, mate, if Richmond get rid of Derek, uh, I'm just, you know, just sack everyone involved in the club, even though that they were very, very good at the time. But uh, they held on to him. And uh, I'm very grateful for it. <laughs> oh, my honourable mention is uh, Drew Holiday because I think he's an he's an NBA player, but I think that's the coolest name I've ever heard. Drew spelt J R U E. Drew Holiday. It doesn't get cooler than that. He's a very cool, and he wears like a samurai headband as well when he plays basketball. He's just a really cool yeah, dude. I really like him. My five, and I'll copy you because why Yours not? Was a crap. Mine are great. Oscar Claverino. Pretty good. I just love that name. Tim DeConning, Tom DeConning. I've got it wrong. So I love Tom that name. DeConning. Obviously, Jaeger Amira had yeah, to be there. Good. That's a great name. Isaac Quainel. Yeah, I consider that. That's well. a great name. And just because he's the best man in the AFL, best name in the AFL, Majak Door, Superstore. <laughs> the the, the Magic Door himself. I remember when uh, yeah. he was dominating in the in VFL and I sent him a message being like, gee, the Magic Door's looking pretty good. And you're like, what the hell are you doing? No, the about? first time you said that to me, you were at a pub or a nightclub. You saw him out and you texted me at like 1am in the morning. I wasn't with you, so I was just asleep. And you just said, the magic door is here. I'll read it in the morning at 8am. What the hell are you talking about, Scott? Yeah, no, I shook his hand in the bathroom. Well, you've been blessed. Have you washed that hand since? Yes. Shame. Shame on you. I haven't met Maxie yet. You wouldn't wash it after Maxi. Anyway, let's move on to Poochie's mailbag. We'll end up quickly. We'll just run through a couple. How many questions do you have? You pick one and I'll pick one. Uh, Okay, well, the first one's good. It's from Ollie. Who's Ollie? Ollie Greenberg. We went to school with him. Oh, yeah, I know him. Could we get an in-depth description of Rory's emotional state when one of the least mobile ruckmen in the game snapped a goal from 45 metres out to sink the ruse to 0-3? So it needs to be said, I have plenty of terrible memories about this football game. I was a bit of an emotional wreck. I saw my cousin's husband on the way out, and he's a Hawthorne supporter, and he rubbed it in my face. Mm -hmm. And then I saw their kid, and he was just a kid about football. And look, I... Yeah, just hate Hawthorne. Um, But I flat out don't remember this girl. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry, I just don't remember this girl. I remember plenty of the goals like, kicked. Who would have been McAvoy? I think so. I just it's don't. Not rem- particularly mobile. Like, no, it could have been Segler. Neither of them are particularly. Mo- yeah. no, I, like I was half watching it. Yeah. Uh, I um, didn't I'm that. really sure. Like, I wish I could give you a ball by ball coverage of how I felt moment by moment, but it's all just merged yeah. into one mess of misery. Oh no, Chad Wingard's goal stand out. Fuck, I hate him now. Yeah, I He's still remember a, all of Sam Frost stuff up, so that, that would get... The yeah, but they are the hilarious. <laughs> uh, no, not at the moment, they're not. <laughs> we've got one question. This is from Alex, uh, and this is just asking for the people. Will you refund the life savings I lost on your terrible multi? 
You should not give gambling advice, Scott. Oh, what are you expecting with $40? How many got up? One of four. But, like, I, I, look, I stand by it. I don't think any of them were that dumb. The Adelaide-Geelong game could have gone either way. Yeah. Okay, Essendon I was right about. Carlton easily could have won that game. And we choked the yeah, shit like out of you it. Was just, like, <laughs> I was so confident by the time the game started you were going to win it. The one I was... The, I, I didn't expect Carlton to win. It was just kind of a bit of... They a, gave it a real shot. A bit of an upset. The other ones I actually thought would happen. Um, I, I don't think I looked too silly off the back of it. It was a $40 multi. What do you expect to happen, <laughs> If you put your life savings on it, too bad. I put $5 on it. You actually put money on it? <laughs> and it was done on Thursday night. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Anyway, let's wrap up. Give us your battle situation. Oh, uh, yeah. I forgot about that. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, I think I'm pretty happy with this one. Yeah, okay. Peter Pan, but his drink got spiked by a 65-year-old man at the pub versus Postman Pat, but he has had a severe allergic reaction to his cat and now requires permanent assistance. <laughs> <laughs> I assume the time frame on the fight is while Peter Pan's been spiked. Yes, just yes, assuming yes. that. Surely that's. Assumed. Um, I don't understand why we needed the age of the man. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the things which I enjoy the most about this question is how relevant is it that he was sixty-five, the person who spiked his drink? Well, he may have seen fucked and, up shit. Maybe, I mean, maybe it was how? with acid because he's from the sixties and everyone was doing acid in the sixties. Maybe he had some left over. Maybe he was doing quaaludes. Maybe it's just a clue on what type of drug. Where did your mind go? The other thing... I watched The Wolf of Wall Street once. I know my shit. How <laughs> <laughs> severe can an allergic reaction to a cat get? Can it really get to the point you need permanent... Well, you can't get anaphylactic. Like, and if, even if it's anaphylactic, you just die or you survive. Like, yes, you're generally exactly. okay. What permanent assistance could he need? I don't know if it's a physical disability or... Well, like... maybe his cat's always with him, maybe. So, he... uh, well, isn't permanent assistance just like hay fever medicine for a cat allergy? Uh... Oh, no, tissue? <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> maybe that is a bit of a loophole to read through this question. But if it's permanent assistance, it's got to be something serious. Like, it's got to be a walking sick. Maybe he lost a foot. Like, I don't know how you would. I was would. assuming the point of it is it's meant to disable him as much as getting a drink spot. So it's that sort of idea of you kind of... Well, but Pope, no, because I, 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 no, I, I think Peter Pan comes from a higher bar. Because he fights Captain Cook all the time and stuff, doesn't he? And he can fly. Yeah, Postman, Postman Pat's just a normal dude. Yeah, but that, I mean, we are Maybe, assuming then that it's meant to be even, which... Yeah, I, I think I'm going to hand it to Peter Pan because... Man, he just had his drink spike, but by a 65-year-old man. But I feel like every time... <laughs> I feel like every time Postman Pat would try and punch Peter Pan, he'd have to sneeze because of his cat allergy. And he'd be like, <laughs> and miss. Oh, but maybe that would give him a bit of extra force because it would be the big jolt forward. Yeah, but I also think if he's punching somebody who's standing up and his drinks are spiked... Cause have you... You wouldn't have ever watched Naruto, but there's this thing about drunk boxing, which is, I don't know, something in this TV show. I reckon maybe Peter Pan's got a bit of that and he just sways around, doesn't know what he's doing. I've heard just... you can... With a few frothies, you can do a lot more push-ups than you can do without a few frothies. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a bit different, but <laughs> you drink spiked... I mean, look, we need to know... What I'm taking Pika Pan. And we need to know... What exactly Only one of them can fly. So I'm backing the guy that can fly. Peter Pan can fly, right? Can he? I don't even know. Maybe that's just Tinkerbell. I think Peter Pan was Is Tinkerbell there? Generation. I don't know. I doubt it. I think I'm going control. I'm going Peter Pan and we're gonna wrap up because this podcast has gone on for too long. That's two weeks in a row, oh, so we apologize to listeners. Thanks for listening. Give us a review on iTunes, like our Facebook page, like the podcast central page if you feel so inclined. 
or just do it. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.